Welcome to another edition of the Hologram News Network. This week was a relatively quiet week for Star Atlas, despite the rise in price of the larger cryptocurrency market. As we close out the first month of the new year, Star Atlas has taken a noticeably different approach to its communications and marketing strategy. Star Atlas has yet to announce their first community town hall of 2023, although key dates to watch are either January 27th or February 3rd. For this week's future segment, blockchain data analyst Stardust Economy joins us to discuss the importance of on-chain analytics and how they can improve your gameplay experience in Star Atlas. All of this and more on today's episode. Once again, I'm your host, Kriggs, and you're listening to the Hologram News Network. First up this week, Star Atlas was nominated in three categories for the first annual Web3 Gamers Choice Awards. Star Atlas is nominated in the categories of Best Game Lore, Best Game Trailer, and Most Anticipated Game. The award ceremony will be held in Miami on January 31st, where Star Atlas will compete against other notable blockchain games like Luvium and Axie Infinity. Turning towards the Star Atlas DAO, the Star Atlas Constitution is delayed to an unspecified period, according to General Counsel Dan Park. Quote, a few factors caused us to push our timelines on the Constitution and governance side, but the engineering and web dev work towards the launch of the actual proposals and voting mechanisms is, and always has been, working full steam ahead. End quote. While a draft constitution may be made available in the near future, it seems like it will still be some time before post improvement proposals are implemented. Lastly, Star Atlas enters the final week of start sequence, with nearly $1.9 million in asset sales over the last two months. Community sentiment suggests that there are still some folks waiting for an official announcement on the extent of Star Atlas's runway before committing to the campaign. The question remains then, will there be an update before the bonus airdrop period ends on January 31st? Stay tuned. After the break, we'll be joined by Stardust Economy as he takes us through the highly important but often overlooked world of Startless blockchain data analytics. This week's episode is brought to you by TikuBot. Automate your market buy and sell orders with ease and peace of mind. While you're away, TikuBot keeps your orders in play. Learn more at TikuBot.com. That's T-I-G-U-B-O-T dot com. Tigubot, your market made ready. On this week's feature, we cover the importance of blockchain analytics. Joining us today is a renowned expert in the field. This former marine biologist and Australian native recently worked within the halls of Automata as a senior game analyst. Creator of the Stake It Forward project helping homeless in his local community, we're joined now by Stardust Economy. Stardust Economy, welcome. Thanks. Nice to be here today. Hey, it's glad to have you here today. And I certainly appreciate your insights into blockchain analytics, understanding that you have a significant history in the ecosystem. So starting off right away, what inspired you to become a blockchain analytics expert and specifically working with blockchain games? Yeah. So I think obviously starting with the last bit, which is games. Um, you know, I love games. I love gaming. I always have, you know, I remember when I was young, growing up, we were one of the first sort of families in, um, in our community to have a computer and me and my sister used to play some of the early sort of computer games. I don't know if anyone remembers King's quest five or any of those old sort of strategy games. So I've always loved gaming and I think it's just a lot of fun. It's, you know, something that makes me excited and inspires me. So I think the gaming industry is an area that I really wanted to focus a lot of my spare time on. Um, from an analytics point of view, you know, 
I really developed my career in analytics. So as an AI engineer, and i you know, I think there's a lot of power in analytics, statistics, data science, AI, machine learning, econometrics. I think, you know, focusing on those areas gives me a lot of inspiration because you can make real decisions and real action. And probably, you know, the best part is blockchain. I mean, back in 2015, when I was first sort of getting interested in blockchain, I was working for a lot of energy utility companies and, you know, I'd been introduced, introduced to Bitcoin and Ethereum was all the rage and where I was based in Western Australia, we had a company called PowerLedger, uh, which were designing smart contracts for P2P energy trading. And I think it was in about 2015 that it really inspired me, this innovation in technology, this idea that we can own our own data, that, you know, we can move more towards a decentralized architecture and that people can share information with each other without any middleman in between. So you sort of combine the gaming analytics blockchain all together and you get a really good feel for why I spend so much time here and why I love this community so much. Given your background and understanding of data analytics. It certainly makes sense why you've started the Stardust Economy website and the data analytics, particularly in Star Atlas. And the data that you've provided on your website certainly helps and informs many people across the world about the ecosystem. Most recently, you've worked with Star Atlas on some of their initiatives as a senior game analyst, despite their not necessarily being a fully fleshed out game to analyze. Can you talk about some of the challenges you faced while working with Star Atlas? Yeah, sure. Um, so. Yeah, I worked for about four months as a contractor for Automata. Um, and you know, it was an amazing experience. Like, you know, we're talking early 2022, um, really passionate, getting this opportunity to work inside Star Atlas and, you know, work with some of the best that, you know, are still there today. Um, I think, you know, one of the early challenges for me was the economics team was just coming on board, um, you know it was this bold vision. Um, and you know, at the time, like this opportunity to be a game analyst and then get into the organization and realize it's so super early in the development that, you know, there wasn't a lot of data, there wasn't a lot of information. Um, so, you know, coming from a background of AI and machine learning, and then being plunged into this really early project that you know, I would liken it to almost at the time, like a startup company, um, had its challenges. The fact that I'm based here in Australia makes it difficult because the time zone challenges. Um, and you know, I think, you know, it's, I mean, it was really inspiring to see the development and work with the team, but yeah, super, it was super early in, in the development of star Atlas. And I just found, I didn't have a lot of game data to analyze. So, you know, that was probably the biggest challenge for me. It certainly is challenging to be utilized in a role for analytics with not necessarily a wide data set to cover. The world of data analytics certainly is valuable, not only to Star Atlas, but to blockchain gaming in general, where, you know, someone with the skills like yours can go in and see all these transactions happening on the blockchain. So in your mind, what is the evolving state of data analytics in blockchain gaming? That's a really big question. There's, there's so much going on, you know, this field is moving really, really quickly. I mean, analytics in general is moving really quickly. You know, you've probably 
gotten caught up recently in the hype around chat GPT and, you know, the use of text-based like natural language processing, um, you know, that's been around for years and years, but it's only now that the average person, like the person in the community that isn't a trained data science can now interact with these things and start to understand the power of, you know, even just a language-based model. So I'm seeing a lot of development with artificial intelligence, you know, more of the non-deterministic approaches to data analytics becoming mainstream. I'm seeing, you know, uh, better frameworks being created. I mean, even Star Atlas itself, if you think about what they're building in terms of an open SDK, which can allow developers to build Unreal Engine 5 games on top of the Solana, you know, blockchain, which has huge transaction throughput. So even just the creation of that as a foundation layer is going to add a huge amount of opportunity to individuals that are looking at, you know, developing projects and trying to change the world essentially. So I see a lot of change there. I actually see, um, the community itself becoming a lot more data literate, you know, um, in the early days, like of my career. A lot of people didn't even know what analytics was or, you know, even data science as a discipline. Whereas today, you know, I talk to people about what I do at parties or a pub or even just out on the street and people kind of get it, which is really good. So I see that evolving. I see blockchain itself evolving. I mean, it's only been the last few years that we've seen a massive uptick, even Solana itself as a project. Um, so I think, you know, two other areas that. I've sort of thought about, um, in terms of the fully immersive experiences, and you probably saw recently some early attempts of star Atlas to show off some, you know, virtual reality, augmented reality type capabilities within the early stages of the game. And then you've got the big one, which is the brain computer interfaces, you know, so haptic feedback and direct links to, you know, the neural part of the brain and feeding that in. So. The next few years is going to be really, really interesting to see how we incorporate these technological advances into projects like Star Atlas. Yeah, it certainly is exciting to see all the technologies come together in one or many ecosystems. And we certainly see it in the Star Atlas community where the SDK kit allow people to build their own programs on top of Star Atlas's technology. And it'll be interesting to see what gets built out in the Unreal Engine 5 showroom. With that, can you talk about any notable success stories that you had either working directly with Star Atlas or the Star Atlas economics team? Yeah, I mean, I'd probably say the economics team in general at Star Atlas is a success story in itself. You know, this idea of bringing, you know, PhD, you know, highly educated economists into the, you know, the broader development community and really helping to guide the direction and the strategy. I mean, I was there really early on with the economics team, um, you know, obviously operating as a game analyst, but really seeing that come to life. Um, and you know, at that early stage last year, there was just the idea of creating this economics quarterly report. Um, which I thought was incredible visionary. It was something which, you know, I'm not sure if people realize how groundbreaking it is, because if you think about what the economics team are doing with these quarterly reports, is they're essentially reporting on the state of the economy. So they're putting Star Atlas on a global map. 
So essentially, from a statistical and economical point of view, you can compare the Star Atlas metaverse, which is a nation state in itself, with other nation states in the world. And as long as they follow standards and frameworks and procedures, which they do, and they're very mindful of, then eventually down the track in two years, three years time, we can look back on this state of the economy and we can see, you know, the, the changes in the workforce. And we're even seeing changes in the definition of what a workforce is in, you know, a metaverse nation state. So I think the economics area of Star Atlas, I think is an incredible success story. Um, and certainly something that I was really delighted to be part of early on and seeing that sort of, you know, now become its own thing and offer that to the community is unbelievable. I think outside of Star Atlas, there's just so much success stories that I can talk about. I mean, you know, looking at particular areas of the globe, um, you know, even on my Twitter, on my website, I can see so many people coming in from Turkey, you know, from South America, from areas of the world I never would have thought, you know, would have an interest in, you know, this type of blockchain economy. But it kind of makes sense, you know, you, you can kind of see why people are believing in the vision. So I think that sort of success around the global adoption, um, even at these early stages is, is something that, you know, I, I really, really enjoy seeing. And I, I look forward to seeing other sort of nations getting on board and, you know, adding to the workforce that is Star Atlas. I think you certainly highlight some great points there. First with the economics team putting out their economics quarterly reports, and certainly anyone can go in and measure the Star Atlas economy against any other economy in the world and see how it performs. You take that and you compare that to some developing nations or second world nations, and you can certainly see how citizens in these real world countries are finding alternative pathways to sustainment or income within Star Atlas. And I think that is some part of the long-term vision of Star Atlas is providing that opportunity to, to people around the world. Yeah, hundred percent. And, you know, for me, I also see the economics team introducing these, you know, dare I call them game loops, but I see them as almost like economic, um, levers that Star Atlas can pull in order to create an outcome. So one of those, um, economic levers, and they call it the development of infrastructure. If you read the economics report is the polis staking and the Atlas staking. And, you know, the, the recent, um, quarterly report that came out in December talks about the importance of having polis staking, particularly around the time that we saw the FTX, um, downfall. And, you know, the massive drop in broader crypto prices, having that staking mechanism and that locking mechanism actually ended up protecting a lot of the community that were leveraging that polis staking. So, you know, this idea of an economics team within a game development team is really awesome because what they're doing is they're testing and they're learning, and then they're creating resiliency within the project that will benefit the community as a whole. Speaking of the community, utilizing blockchain and on-chain analytics, how can an individual enhance their experience specifically within Start Atlas utilizing some of these tools? It's a good question. I think, you know, 
individuals tend to, and, and I'm, I'm guilty of this as well, get caught up in the hype and, you know, the fear and the greed and all those human emotions that we feel and that drive our decision-making ultimately with any game or with any, you know, sort of community, I think there's an opportunity for people to not be as reactive in terms of the decisions they're making. So being able to leverage information, data, insights, analytics helps any individual, any gamer, uh, potentially make smarter, faster, better, more informed decisions. And not only that, if you record the decisions you're making, um, and then you look back on those decisions, you can then learn from those experiences as opposed to just transitioning through a game as an experience and then moving on to the next thing. So I think there's a lot of opportunity for anybody, particularly if you're curious, um, you know, leverage red spatula, leverage galactic dash, leverage star stat, leverage stardust economy, come on the website, look at the data. If you're looking to buy ships, you know, have a look at which ones are heavily discounted, you know, rather than just randomly buying a ship because all of a sudden you've had an urge to own a female air bike. Actually, look, is today the best day to buy that female air bike or could I buy it tomorrow and save myself $2, you know? So I think there's a lot of opportunity and you just need to take the time and know what assets to look at. Certainly as a source of on-chain analytics and data that your everyday person can't necessarily get for themselves, there's a certain amount of trust that gets put into projects like this to make sure that the data they're receiving is valid and accurate and trustworthy. So what do you do to personally make sure that the data you provide and present is indeed accurate and reliable? Yeah, I'd say that's probably the biggest challenge that I face is data reliability and accuracy because. I mean, everything I build starts with the information and the data without the data, I can't really do what I do. So some of the things that I put in place and I listed a few projects, which are out there, which actually display similar metrics. So I like to actually compare, um, different community metrics and sort of use that as a way to validate my own information. I like to go as close to the source as possible. For instance, the last sort of six months I've been leveraging Flipside, um, and Flipside is a really awesome tool to actually do on-chain queries, um, as opposed to, you know, running a query, storing it in a database. Um, as soon as you store that information somewhere, there's the potential that it can be changed or altered, or, you know, particularly if you're using tools like Excel, um, you know, a lot of people can accidentally put the wrong information in. So. I try where possible to develop a data pipeline, which is as close to source as possible. So rather than creating a centralized database of information, leveraging an actual query. So querying the Solana blockchain, understanding the internet instructions and the programs within each of the transactions, and then being able to filter out based on that. And also being transparent, you know, um, one of my recent, uh, sort of uh, journeys has been around the use of logarithmic scale as an example on an axis for a visualization as opposed to a linear scale. Now one has to be really transparent with how they're visualizing that information because people that come on the website 
look at a data visualization and they may not see that finer detail that, well, there's a log scale here. So there's a skew. Um, so I think you need to be really transparent, not just with your accuracy around your data and being close to the source of truth, but also being transparent around the techniques you're using to visualize that data and display that data to individuals that are, you know, are going to be making decisions on that information. So I try and be really open. I'm always seeking feedback from the community. If you know, you see something on my website or, you know, you see a metric, which doesn't line up with, you know, your own data, let's share that. Um, and let's all work towards becoming more accurate and having more quality information. Data science and the validity of data out there is certainly important to make sure that everyone in the ecosystem is collaborating, especially amongst the community. There was the data that came from the community rescue fund survey. And then there's certainly data that you've been monitoring when it comes to start sequence. Can you talk a, a little bit about how Star Atlas is or potentially using some of the data they collect to make some of you know their decisions going forward? Yeah, that's a really good question. I suppose I can only really answer from when I was part of the um, Star Atlas project itself internally. Um, and at that time, I saw a lot of utilization of website traffic information, um, particularly to understand, you know, areas of the globe where people were logging into the website, you know, your general information around how users actually use the website, um, the errors that come up, things like that to improve the actual product, um, to improve the experience for the users. Um, and then you know, you've got the actual game development team, um, that, you know, they leverage a lot of the blockchain data, um, to see, you know, from an economics point of view, what kind of game loops are going to make sense? Um, what ships are people buying? When are they buying them? You know, all of that underlying information is really critical to developing that decision feedback loop around how they should design and develop the game. So. I can only imagine since, you know, halfway through last year, when I stopped working as a contractor that they've probably moved in leaps and bounds internally in terms of actually using the blockchain data. And that was even before the galactic marketplace version two, um, moving off serum to their own version of the marketplace, you know, then they were able to structure those transactions and marketplace transactions in a way that they could understand more deeply, um, some of that insight. So I'm sure they're using a lot of that information to design and develop Sage. Um, you know, you mentioned the rescue survey, so the community rescue survey, I know a lot of that information was potentially used internally to help guide the golden sort of phase two start sequence of land habs and claim stake sales and. You can actually see the impact, um, that the community has, and they do listen to the community. So it's awesome to see. Before we close out here, we're coming up on the end of start sequence. Is there anything in your blockchain analytics that you've seen recently that you can offer to some of the listeners? Yeah. I think for those who have, um, had the patience to listen to our dulcet tones up until now, um, I can share a few sort of insights that I've come up with. Um, I suppose my first really key insight, um, is around the core graphic novels. Um, I, I don't think people truly appreciate the scarcity of those assets on the marketplace and, you know, 
for instance, I was looking today, there was just over 400 episode three core graphic novels sold, which means if you want a complete set of core graphic novels and there's only 400 and something out there, well, you know, episode three is a really good opportunity to get on board. But I think that's one insight, you know, that I've sort of looked at recently. I saw an interesting data insight. Um, I think, I think it was around the time that it was announced that with the release of the player profiles, that players could change their faction. Um, and then all of a sudden you see a massive uptick in the sale of land habs for Worcester. So I saw a huge uptick on that day of Worcester base land habs for their central space station being sold. And, you know, I would probably just, you know, float the idea that maybe people saw the scarcity of, you know, Worcester land habs, you know, being the least sold in the market, realizing, well, I can just change to that faction now and going, well, why don't I buy a few of them? And so we could actually see that in the data. So that was a really interesting insight. And then claim stakes, you know, I've seen probably, uh, the most successful volume of sales has been around claim stakes themselves. And, you know, I think a lot of that comes down to the, uh, perceived value of these current claim stakes that come with other assets with them. Um, so, you know, being able to buy a claim stake during this phase then entitles the purchaser with the ability to also get, you know, a mining drill, et cetera, with that claim stake. So, and power source as well. So I think people are seeing some value in those claim stakes. So. There's sort of just a few sort of data insights I've seen recently, but yeah, definitely come on the website because I tend to put things up there without telling people and those that are curious to look at can find all sorts of tidbits of info. It's all quite interesting. There's certainly much to be gained at understanding the data analytics and blockchain analytics, not only directly from on the chain, but from websites such as yours including many others, like you mentioned, Galactic Dash and Red Spatula. That's about it for all our time here today. Again, I want to thank you for joining us on today's episode. You can find all of Stardust Economy's information and data that he provides at StardustEconomy.com. Stardust Economy, thank you once again. Thanks a lot for inviting me and good luck everyone in the metaverse. And that concludes this week's episode. If you'd like today's news and coverage, be sure to like and subscribe to receive the startless news that you need to stay one step ahead. Once again, I'm your host, Kriggs, and you've been listening to the Hologram News Network.